Welcome to The Nation, of Floyd's Barbershop podcast. Here in The Nation, we bring you stories that come straight from our barbershops. Come on into the shop, sit down in the chair and relax. We've got a great story for you today. Welcome to The Nation. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Patrick Butler. I'm one of the hosts of The Nation, along with my fellow co-host who's with me, Kelly Woolen. Kelly and I had the chance to sit down with two of the three founders of Floyd's Barbershop, Paul and Rob O'Brien, along with their brother, Bill. They started this whole thing and kicked it off, and we had the chance to catch up with them. They sat down with us and spoke to us about building their family-owned business that has held the same beliefs since they started on day one. A belief that experience matters, convenience is vital, and expertise shouldn't come with attitude while creating a wonderful place where people can build their careers and want to work. As well as a belief that everyone deserves damn good hair. Let's kick things off with our conversation with Paul O'Brien. You and your brothers did something pretty amazing when you founded the company. And, it, you know, you may have taken a chance at the time not knowing it was going to be successful, but obviously it surely has been. But maybe we start there to understand how the idea formed and, and what really drove you and your brothers to collectively start this company. Well, Patrick, 22 years ago, my brothers and I, we were thinking of a type of business we could get into that we thought we could be good at. And we were already doing well in the concession business. And we just felt like with a uh, few things that happened in the concession business that were out of our control with some, basically a baseball strike really started us thinking, hey, how can we get into something else? Or what, you know, where can we put our skill set into place and, and create something? And I think that we came across the hair business. And I think we kind of found the hair business from the consumer side. And, and I think when we were thinking of diversifying into another business or figuring something else to do was really trying to create a consistent, good experience. That would be really, uh, you know, for a lot of people. I mean, everybody's, you know, it's some salon people might not want to come in there and some people on the, uh, you know, maybe on the uh, more family cut style Maybe that was more what they want. But we felt like, well, Rob, Rob and I were two different consumers. I was more the salon guy, booked my appointment, paid $60 a haircut. And Rob was more the convenience guy. Just going to get up. I'm going to get a haircut. I want to get in. I want to get out. So we kind of just were talking about different businesses as we were trying to diversify or uh, getting into another business or, or trying. One thing that we knew, I think we came across was we felt like there was, you know, a good haircut was important. That was the main thing that had to happen. But we really felt like creating an experience, a place that people wanted to go. And we felt like that we, you know, when we started coming up with the concept of Floyd's, we felt like that could be something that kind of hit both. Be comfortable for the high-end person who wants the full salon experience and the person that's looking to get the convenience side of things who wants to get in and gets out, get out. So we felt like that when we created Floyd's, we created in the mind to be really appealing for, for more people and people that, you know, who were used to getting their haircut in those two different types of categories. Once you guys opened, tell us a little bit about that experience, because I've heard some great stories you and your brothers have shared about, you know, when you opened and not knowing, but then starting to see that success, you know, start to pick up. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when we first opened, we were really nervous, obviously getting into an industry we didn't know that much about at that time. But we, uh, we were fortunate to get a really good premier location in, in downtown Denver. And uh, we opened up the doors and we were busy pretty much from the minute we opened the doors. Now, it was intimidating day one, day two, day three as owners because we we're greeting people, but we didn't have much background in the hair ourselves. So when we would see some of the customers coming in that were, you know, 
I would say pretty, really attractive, very nice haircuts. And, you know, it was a little scary there at first. You know, I remember kind of getting more going to the back of the shop going, oh man, I hope this works out. But, you know, it really did. And uh, we had, we were fortunate to have such a great group of people we started Floyd's with. And uh, I still know we have at least one or two people that started with us at the very beginning who were cutting hair in those shops early on. I was just going to say, I've heard you and your brothers always talk about the people and the type of people you look for. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, not just the, you know, building the business itself, but a place where people want to, you know, work and build their careers? Yeah, I think that it was really important to us to create, you know, First of all, that the employees that we did hire, that they knew who they worked for, that was important to us. And that they knew that the, you know, that they would be in a real safe environment, a place that they, you know, created, we just created, I felt like we created a really neat place for them to really show off their craft, you know, being artists that they are, but putting them in an environment that, you know, there was some accountability to the, to the workplace, there was a structure involved with it, but still not taking away their ability to be creative. And I really feel like that we kind of nailed it there where we kind of brought some of the business side structure into the business and we gave them the creative license to do what they do. Help us understand as you started to add more and more locations, were there anything, was there anything there that you tried to make sure was instilled to keep that continuity with the feeling that you just described? Well, I think that as we were building more shops and we were growing our footprint, it was really important to us to hire from within, you know, people that were working with us who understood the culture understood the important things of the business. So I think we did a really good job as we were expanding that we were, you know, creating paths for people to grow and training them along the way and uh, just given that growth opportunity. And I think by us hiring so much from inside the Floyd's world at that time, I think it gave us a lot of consistency and um, just a lot more consistency on how the shops are run. So one of the unique aspects of Floyd's, of course, you know, the vibe is the the music and the poster wall. I was just wondering, did you start with that? Where did that concept come from? We opened up with it. And I, would, and I think that what we were looking for was obviously with the, uh, not obviously, but we were just trying to find, uh, you know, we, we like the music scene to the degree that, you know, there's so much creativity with hair and, you know, and, and we like the idea of having music connected to the business. Uh, so I think where the poster wall came in is that it was actually my brother, Bill, who's one of our, one of our founders, he had seen something not, he'd seen some posters lined up in a, in a, uh, I think it was, uh, a restaurant at the time, but they weren't so they weren't a collage like we have. And he just felt like that it was it was a bar that you know it was a pretty cool hip bar. And Bill uh, Bill kind of liked that idea, and he brought that to us. So when we were trying to put together how we wanted Floyd's to look, the look and feel, we kind of came to the idea of doing the collage poster, and uh, which is you know primarily music themed. That's what we have, but. One of the neat things about the poster wall that I think we do is we can kind of, we can have fun with it. I think a lot of the, you know, especially some of our franchise partners we have, we, they, you know, obviously it's their business. So they have some say on what posters go where and which, who their favorite artists are. But at the same time, we're able to um, put in the, you know, kind of the music that might fit that region we're in. We can kind of regionalize it. And then some areas, there might just be some, you know, some posters might not quite fit that zip code. You know, so it gives us a little opportunity to fit the area we're in. Over the years, I've heard some really wonderful stories. A lot of them came from you directly, Paul, about, you know, 
Floyd's impact in the community and the things that you've done, you know, in the communities we serve and just kind of want to talk a little bit about the iconic, you know, barbershop is kind of, you know, the cornerstone of the community and what that means to you and your brothers. Yeah, I, th- I think that we like to be really good, be, be active in the community. I mean, our barbershop, had, you know, we're servicing the people in the community, our styles and barbers live in the community. And I think that we really looked for opportunities when they come in, if something is going on in that community, we want to be part of it. And, you know, I think that we've had, you know, we've had a, some, t- some times to happen. You know, I remember when we, when we opened our shops up and we were, uh, you know, we were just open and I mean, in the community, we had uh, 9-11 happen and our first, you know, we were six months into business when 9-11 happened. And then, you know, everyone was like, what do we do? 9-11 is going on. And it turned out that people in the community wanted to come. They needed to go. Some people needed to go someplace. And we had, we kept our doors open and we, we left, I think at the time we had two shops. And when the two shops we had, we had employees that didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay close to their friends and they felt safe in Floyd's. And then we had customers that wanted to come in and they just wanted to get away from what was going on. They wanted to feel comfortable. So we've had community things like that happen, but then we've also had, you know, where, you know, something happens in our neighborhood and we've gotten behind that. And, um, you know, we've had many instances of uh, things that have happened in our community, unfortunately, to the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. That was devastating. But we had, I think, I think the number was like we had 11 clients that were connected to that that unfortunately passed away due to that tragedy. And I know that that was, and then our shop became kind of a pillar in the community of a place where people want to come and get, get connected. And then, you know, we just, we live and breathe the, the community for sure. And then, you know, we had a situation where my daughter was diagnosed with type one diabetes, my gosh, like 12 years ago. And at that time we were searching for maybe something to get more behind on top of still wanting to do other things. My partners, my brothers, they got behind it really quickly. My team of people that work with us and we were, you know, right out of the gate, we were able to be a big, big partner in JDRF and we raised over $2 million. And, and I've got to see firsthand what a lot of that money we've been raising has done to better people's lives, including my daughters. So that's been really rewarding for my family, and we continue to work with them. And I don't see any reason why we won't keep working with them as long as we're here. You and your brothers have cultivated a space for everyone. And that shifts from, you know, like the idea behind Floyd's always being an inclusive space and that evolution from the logo for men and women to for everyone. I think that what was progressive of Floyd's Barbershop in 1999, opening in 2001, was the fact that we were a barbershop for men and women. That was progressive in its own. And things have changed quite a bit since then, you know, and, and I think the thing is, is that even though we were saying men and women, we were still for everybody at that time. We definitely were. And I think we were ahead of our time doing what we did. There were a lot of salons that were just women's salons and men's barbershops. And, you know, they marketed it for sure that in the men's space, there was a lot of people just marketing men only. And then to this day, there's still a lot of men only salons or, you know, really featuring towards that. So we've kind of changed our, I think we're still doing what we've done before. But I think we're being more focused to let everyone know that we are for everybody. Even though we've always been for everybody, I think that now you have to be more deliberate in your, your communicating to make sure that we are our doors are welcome to anybody who wants to come in and get a haircut.
Floyd's, you know, 22 years into things has faced several challenging situations that have faced our country and our people, whether it be, you mentioned 9-11 before, whether it be the recession in 2008, or now in the last several years coming, going through the COVID era. But Floyd's has stood the test of time and, and weathered that. And we've tried to keep our doors open at any cost to make sure that we could serve the communities and our employees as well. And now as we move forward, you guys are stepping into a stronger role with the company. Tell us a little bit about what that means and looks like for you moving forward. Floyd's has been in business for over 22 years, and a lot of things have changed through that time. And Floyd's has, you know, passed the test of time here. But we felt like, when I say we, I'm talking about the three founders of Floyd's, myself, Paul, and Bill and Ralph, we felt it was time to get back with the business and get granular into the business now, you know, just coming out of COVID, and uh, which is crazy thing that happened that no one's experienced in anybody's lifetime. And, you know, to, to navigate the business to where we wanted to go, we felt like it was time for us to come back in as the founders who created Floyd's and just bring, come back and get, I mean, for a better word, get in the trenches of the business, get into the day-to-day, minute, minute of the business. We love the business and we're just happy to be part of that. And that's what we're doing now is that we've decided to come back. We've made a commitment to the team, to the organization that we were going to come, we'll come in and, you know, just be here to help bring this company, you know, get this company ready for the next 20 years. What is the one thing that maybe someone that doesn't know you that well, what would you want them to know? You know, part of us getting granular is we really look forward to coming out to the shops and meeting all the wonderful people that work for Floyd's. And we just really want to, you know, introduce our ourselves, tell you stories about the company, how we got here, and just feel that you feel comfortable to come talk to us and, you know, tell us what's important to you. You know, what can we do to make Floyd's a better place for you to work? We're really interested in hearing that. And we really look forward to coming out and having those moments with you. For me, that's the biggest thing I think people miss is that connection. You know, yeah. like whenever we would talk about anything that we would do in the organization, like the first question the three of you always ask is like, how is this going to impact our employees? Like, you know, always stressing how important the employees are. And I think like with you coming back, just really stressing how important the people are, yeah. they're the lifeblood of the organization and just making them feel really important, understanding how important they are to the three of you. We feel like there's two roles in our company. We have our wonderful stylist barbers and our CSCs that service the customers that come in every day. And then we have the support team and our job is to support them so that they're able to do their job. And it's pretty simple formula. And if it's done right, it works really well. And I think that part of us coming back to where we we want to make sure we're hitting it on, we're hitting it in there and that we are living up to that and that we can look where we stand and, you know, where do we need to improve? Talk about like what was and getting that back. Are you able to talk about like, what does that look like? What What is the missing piece you think? Like what what's going to make it feel more like it was? I think when we started out Floyd's with one to 10 shops, we were able to make it feel like a more tighter family business. And as we've grown over the last, I would say we've grown a lot over the last 15 years and then coming into COVID and you know, the way times have changed right now. Our goal is to come back and bootstrap it and get back to what got this company where we got it in the first place. And it is getting connected and it is getting back to feeling like the family business that it was. And that's really our goal right now. We we know how to do that. And we're willing to come back and, and do that again and get this company more connected and feeling and understanding what the values of the organization are. And, you know, and understand that they know they're working for people that really care about them. And they understand that they're in that safe place where they can, you know, do their artist work every day 
and that's worked for us. And that's a formula that we know works. And that's really why we want to come back, roll our sleeves up, get back in there and, and do it again. As we move forward now and we get a chance to come out and visit the shops and see the great things that are happening out there. We just want to challenge everyone to, you know, we're challenging ourselves is what we can do better. And, you know, we're seeing some positive changes already. We also think the market is starting to improve. We can see that happening. And, you know, as we're, you know, things have changed. And what we want to do is we want to take advantage of the change. We want to be the leader and we want to make sure that Floyd's is the best in everything we do. And that's our commitment. The next day we had a chance to sit down with Rob O'Brien. So Rob, help us understand how some of these things came to life, whether it be about the name or just what you recall from some of the early days. The interesting thing about this, the name with Floyd's is like when we first came up with the idea that name was in the first conversation of the idea, right? It was never called anything else. We're going to open our old school barbershop. What do you want to call it? Floyd's. Harkens back to Andy Griffith. Boom, done, wrapped, sealed, right? So that was it, right? And we had nothing else, but we had the name. And, you know, our badge kind of harkens back to kind of like our first thing. Let's say you have a name, you're working with the name, and you're like, okay, I just remember the badge and kind of, you know, Andy Griffith and kind of made a little sense and it, it was kind of cool when we did it but there's no music involved yet right so i just remember like i don't even know i think we ran ads at the beginning as like floyd's barbershop protecting your head or to protect and serve your head you know things like that that was kind of our thought process with that now wanting to open up a barbershop and opening up a barbershop are two different things right having a great idea and being successfully uh, achieved that great idea very different because we didn't know at the time we were entering um, an industry that people felt was dying. So what we would have, we couldn't find, it's Floyd's 99, right? Technically, we came up with the idea in 98, thought we were going to open 99, didn't get to open until 2001. And the reason why was for no matter how we told people and explained what we were trying to do, landlords didn't understand what we were doing. And we didn't have the luxury of saying, like, now we don't have that problem because we're like, oh, look at this beautiful thing. And we have landlords calling us, goes, oh, we love your shop. We'd like to put one here. And we're like, no, nah, thanks. And that's all right. We'll pass. But imagine you all you have is an idea and you're trying to explain an idea. And even now, when I tell people that I haven't been to Floyd's, I try to explain them what it is. And you get this look under face like, oh, OK, yeah, OK. Oh, I see what you're saying. That same person walks into a Floyd's after I've told them what it is get it once you walk in you get it immediately because you're hit you're hit in the face with floyd's you know it's kind of like you walk in and you're like boom what is this place i understand it but the words don't do it justice so when we're trying to explain what we're trying to do we're getting a lot of feedback we're like because mm, we want a great real estate right we want it main and main we wanted people to drive by we wanted people to see it and we would get people you know the, the kind of the um the idea what they would get is, you know, oh, no, it's a dying business. And we explain, well, it's not that. It's it's hip, it's young, it's whatever. And they're like, oh, we don't want a bunch of kids hanging out at our place. You know, we literally got those answers. And finally, you know, through some of Paul's handiwork, he was able to secure our first spot at 11 Broadway. And it was politicking. You know, Paul had to go find the guy that owned the, the lease. He didn't want to give it to us. He's like, okay, I'll give it to you, but you got to pay me every dollar that I've had in this place for three years That because he it was sitting empty. But he'd been paying, he wanted to open a restaurant or a bar there. He owned a bar next door. 
And so Paul was able to convince that guy that we would be a great partner, great on his block, and it did really work out well. But he he got that, uh, he secured that spot. We were able to build it. And uh, if you talk to voluntary, he tells the stories like we're building this, we're just building the place and we're just open. What, what exciting is, you know, as we're there, just have people coming in trying to get a haircut before we're open, right? Like we're like, oh, yeah, like people are walking every day, like what's going on in here? And they see their excitement. But once we open, I think it was our the American crew guys that were right down the street, American crew headquarters here. They walked in our place and they're walking around and their jaws are dropped, right? And they're walking around, looking around, and they're like, what is this place? Where are you guys from? Are you from New York? Are you from San Francisco? Are you from New York? And they're like, no, we're from here. Like, so we're right from here, you know? And so I don't think they were expecting the big next uh, trend in the men's haircut industry to become from come from Denver, which I don't know, they're from Denver. So maybe they should have expected that. But, but um, anyway, so that was a pretty exciting, pretty exciting thing. But those days were good. And we, we used to laugh. We'd hide in the back. Like, we didn't really know much about the business, right? And I'm sure my bro- we all tell the same stories, but it's so funny. Like first day, someone came in for a color. We're like, oh, okay. we got nervous. This is shit because we didn't know. We didn't know anything about hair color. And so we're like hiding in the back. We're peeking out the back door to watch the color going on and see if people are happy. And uh, so the person was happy and we were just like high five. He's like, okay, we did color. So that was pretty funny. But um. We used to, it was, we opened around the same time the Chris Rock special, the big famous one with the CR. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but we used to just joke, like put up our grand opening banner and we're just like grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> Cause we didn't know if we'd be there for, for, you know, a minute or for 22 years. But the uh, good thing about that, we did have the confidence, you know, going into it that we felt like this was something that could be amazing. And, you know, hubris, uh, we probably didn't have the right to feel that way, but, you know, we were just, I don't know, like we were just, that's the way we think. I don't know if it's entrepreneurial or stupid, but um, we, you know, by the time we'd opened the Floyd's on Broadway, which is our, was our flagship store, we had already signed a lease for another, a second unit on Colfax. So before that one opened, we'd already signed a lease. And before Colfax opened, we'd signed the lease on the third spot. Yeah. So that was the interesting thing. And, you know, we did feel like it could be successful. Now, the thing is, you know, pulling out a sports page and looking at the NFL teams and saying, well, this Jacksonville can have 10 and Charlotte can have 20. And to, you know, all of a sudden you have this thousand unit chain in your head. That was easy. The hard part is there was no home office in that story. There was no marketing. There was no accounting, you know, like, so it's, you, you dream in these big visions and you find out that it's, it's a little bit harder than just that. So anyways, that that was a fun part of the the whole journey. Just as anybody's story is, the beginning those stories just live in your hearts forever. One thing that I wanted you to touch on. Let's talk a little bit about the people. Like one of the things I've always loved yeah. that you say is our people are a secret sauce. And just a little mm-hmm. bit about you know you and your brother's philosophy around you know the people that you hire, the people that you retain, and what they mean to you. Another thing when we were starting, we. Through a friend of ours, we we were able to meet, um, and I won't throw the company under the bus, but before we even started, through a friend, a mutual friend, we were able to meet uh, the ownership group of a, a large chain back east, and they owned this huge chain, 1,100 units. And it was funny because we sat across him, and his recommendation for us was not to get in this business. And I don't know why that was his recommendation. I do know what he said was the employees are crazy, Right. Like they are not, 
not that they're crazy, but they're just hard to manage and they're not fun. And it's, it's just stressful and all this other stuff, but you have to understand I was selling cotton candy baseball games. Imagine what those employees are like. So what we thought was a huge upgrade and what's really been fantastic is just, and just great right from the beginning, right? Like you see these people that came into us and what I loved about it was they were so excited to be there. You know, they're so happy to have a place to do what they want to do. Now, I love the the great clips and the, I'm not going to say anything bad about the super fantastic great cost clipper cuts with sports. They're all fantastic. But when we get a person that comes from there to come to us, really what I feel like has changed for them is they went from with just walking across the street, walking in their front door, they go from being a vocational hairstylist. So when they just got out of high school or got everything like, I need a job. What am I going to do? I guess I'll cut hair. That same person the next day worked for Floyd's, they're an artist, right? They get to tell the people they're, they work for Floyd's, they're an expert at what they do because that's what we stand for. So if you work there, you get a certain amount of cre credence to your career. And that was really right from the beginning. And really the, the people, that's, that, you know, that's really what it is. That's what Floyd's is. It's about having good people that provide great service. And it, for us, it's about supporting them in a way that hopefully that they can grow their careers and have great families and, you know, really make a, a twice as much money as those other companies, right? But have just a better experiences. And over the years, just, you know, we have people that still work for us and work for us for 20 years. You know, at one time, I haven't seen the numbers in a while, but, you know, typically people work for Floyd's longer than the average American hairstylist works in the industry. So uh, someone in the industry will get their license, they'll go cut hair for X amount of years. Well, they're actually, and it's shorter than you think, but they're working for us on average longer than the average person is in the industry. And so that says a lot about how they feel about what they're doing and, and what they do. And then, you know, that's, you build great relationships with the, um, you know, th with these employees and they're just, just to see them grow. And, you know, some that started as kids and now they're, you know, now that they have kids and I'm sure we've had our Floyd's first Floyd's grandchild. I just don't know it yet, but we have, you know, our, I think our, there are a lot of Floyd's babies out there. You know, a lot of people have met at Floyd's and, and then they build a relationship and had kids, you know, so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to be part of that. And, you know, people talk about, I don't, I don't, people talk about Floyd's being a family type environment, you know, the Floyd's family. Like, I don't feel like that's my position to say, I feel like we've built a great community, but the fact that they call it a family is fantastic. You know, that just makes me feel good uh, that they feel that they're that part of what we're trying to do and, and supporting each other. You mentioned community. And one of the things that Kelly and I have talked about with in relation to Floyd's and we asked uh, your brother about is help us understand what Floyd's has meant to the different communities in different states around the country and the impact it has. Like the barbershop was always a, a meeting place, a, a common ground and a meeting place in the community for many towns and cities. And we know that you know, in different communities around the country, we've tried to cater Floyd's to that community, whether it be an outreach and support that we've done or different ways that we've just supported different causes in the communities. Just if you had anything there on community. If you so the one thing I think that, you know, before the 1970s, let's say that, that the barbershop was really the place that men got together to talk about. And I think even it's communities today, there it's the place, some other communities today, it's the place where people go sit around, they talk about sports. And like, I'll tell you, like barbershop's important part of the community, you know how I know? Because anytime something call, happens in the news, I find the news cameras at our shop and they want to hear about people on the street, right? People on the street on this tax cut, people on the street. They just show up at our barbershop, start filming people talking. Like, I, I don't even know what's happening. And then here we go. Oh, there's Floyd's on the news, Floyd's barbershop. They're talking about, you know, oh, Peyton Manning trade. What do you think about that? You know, that kind of people on the street. 
So people go to the barbershop because it's part of the community to get the people on the street. But I think, you know, in the history of things like that kind of got lost a little bit. Um, you know, I, I just know this from being in an industry that where in the, you know, when the the set the value kind of change kind of became the predominant thing in the 70s, uh, it kind of took away that barbershop feel. And honestly, like one of the things that I think that, that I'm told that's happened is haircuts went from a thing that dads took their sons to, to a thing that moms took their kids to, right? All, what's awesome about Floyd's is I think we brought that back a little bit. Now it's it's something that dads do with their kids again, with their sons. And, you know, we get a lot of moms, we get to, you know, a lot of parents, and I'm not saying we don't get a lot of moms, but, you know, it's also, you can see a lot of dads in there. And that's something I think that, you know, when you, what the, that barbershop community means to a family, you know, and the best thing is like, you know, as you grow in time, we have people that used to get the kids cuts, you know, you know, that are are still with us 20 years later and getting the full service cut. Um, but as far as like the community too, is like, I think, you know, just to get Floyd's out there in community events also, like we get asked to do things and we do them, right? Like we, we find a way to get involved and, and that that's another really great thing about being owning such a great company that people feel like they can, we empower people to get involved and we want them to be involved. Talking a little bit about inclusivity. So like Floyd's for everyone, um, you know, cause you mentioned, you know, in the past, the barbershop was traditionally known just for men, but even when you started, there was a sense of inclusivity for everybody and mm -hmm. that it's just continued through the years. And it's meant a lot to people to have, you know, a safe space to come and just be who they are. One of the things I think that has made it such a, you know, comfortable place to work for people and just a great, that gives it part of that great vibe is just the way we promote the individuality of Floyd's, right? So you can imagine 20 years ago, and I, 20 years ago, when we started 22 years ago, like we went in with the concept of like, yeah, we're not going to have uniforms, right? If you got tattoos, let's see them back then. Not everybody had a tattoo. Today, everybody has a tattoo, except for me. Good thing I don't have a tattoo, because if I got a tattoo when I was 21 years old, I'd be showing everybody the Pink Panther tattoo on my calf. So I'm glad I didn't do that. That would have been not good. But it's interesting, you know, just to let the people be who they are. And then, you know, if you think about the one thing, you know, the one message I want to get out is, you know, there's a couple, not just one message. I want to get all these messages out. But you don't have to like you don't actually have to be a barber to work at Floyd's, right? So if you look at our, our staff, the way um, we're comp comprised, you know, we're probably about 30% barbers and 70% stylists, and we're probably 70% women and 30% men. And a lot of those, they don't line up where a lot of those women are the 30% barbers are women. And 70% uh, of those stylists are men. So you can't really fit that in. But when we started, it was Floyd's Barbershop for men and women. And that Back in that time, we felt there's a lot of conversation about what? What's a barbershop for women? That shit's crazy. You know, can't be a barbershop for women. But that was in a disruptor, right? Like what they talk about disruptors, like it was something to talk about. It was something that was different. And it was something that was really cool where you still, you know, you walk into a barbershop and you might see uh, from chair to chair to chair, you'd see, you know, a grandfather, a young girl, you know, getting a hair color. And it was really about being just inclusive to everyone. And I say inclusive to everyone. And at the time, we were Floyd's Barbershop for men and women. Now we are Floyd's for everyone. And I would think that, you know, so if you think about 22 years ago, that was pretty cool. Uh, and for most of our history, that that kind of included everybody. But then we just started hearing some things where just being for men and women wasn't enough. And you have to listen, right? Like it was like, we're, it wasn't our intention that we felt like we're excluding anybody, but it just felt like maybe it didn't cover the total population of the people out there. So 
we made the switch to flights for everyone. So just kind of make sure that everybody feels included and nobody feels excluded. I think the individuality part, both in our clients and, you know, largely in our staff is really part of the key, key to success we've had. Just let them be who they are. Let them cut, do what they do. Mostly let them talk about what they talk about. There's a couple of things I don't like them talking about. Mostly I don't like them talking about me. That's cool. Just kidding. They can talk about me. What are they going to say? They're going to say bad things? I don't think so. Anyways. So Rob, you and your brothers, Bill and Paul, have taken an active step even further into the business this year. Um, you guys are deeply ingrained in the business and have taken that step forward to support all of us at Floyd's. What does that mean to you and your brothers now as you take those steps forward and to get deeper back into the business? So I'm really excited about uh, this opportunity to come back and, and just help lead the charge uh, with my brothers. And I think it, I think it's just time, right? Like, I feel like we've had three other leaders and we, we, you know, they're all great guys and all did fantastic stuff, but it, it's just time for us to get back involved. And, you know, now we're a little more mature, a little older. I think we've find, like, we've figured out over time what we are good at individually, right? The best thing about coming back now is just, you know, what I call it areas of influence, so we're all going to have our each areas of influence where we feel like we have our strongest suits. But And I got to tell you, being partners with your brothers for 30 years, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not so great. But I will tell you, when you have a brother like Bill that loves reading financial statements, and I would rather do almost anything else, is amazing, right? So, and I always say this, like, I don't have a problem. Floyd's doesn't have a problem until Bill tells me it has a problem. And then when Bill tells me it has a problem, it's got a problem, right? And he's just really good at that stuff. And then to have another brother, Paul, that is so detail-oriented and puts the cherry on top on everything. Like he always takes things to the extra mile where, you know, you're going to throw a party for somebody. You throw a party, but then he comes up with that one extra thing that just really makes it special. You know, so he's always, you know, when he when he gets his mind to something, it's like a dog on the bone in every detail. Everything is thought out ahead of time. And then, you know, he just, you know, he's always been really good at Paul's probably selecting most of our shops. And then with the help with Bill, I haven't done a whole lot of the real estate stuff, but look, I think I'm good on the people side of things and I'm not good on the, the I'd rather go out and meet people than sit in meetings. You know, like I, 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 Hey, I just said, I like to meet people. Then I just said, I have, don't like sitting in meetings. So that's kind of weird, but I think, you know what I mean? I really feel like that's my sweet spot. Like I'd rather go to shops and talk to people and get to know the people than to look at how their numbers are on the spreadsheet. That'll be Bill's job. So I think for me, it's exciting because we're all bringing back that path. We all have the passion of what we know Floyd's is and what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like and what it felt like back in the day. Still feels like that today. But, you know, with the challenges that we've had coming through COVID, it's kind of changed what Floyd's look like. What we're trying to do is get it back. We're trying to get that magic back, get it feeling like it used to feel. Nobody else can do that if they don't know what it felt like before, right? So that's our strongest part is like, we know what the vibe is supposed to be. And that's what we're trying to get back is just the magic and the vibe. And I'm not saying it hasn't been magical in the whole time, but it's been as magical as COVID would let it be. And I don't know if you know this, ain't nothing magical about COVID. So we're coming out, we're coming out swinging, we're going to win, we're going to get it back. We're going to feel good about doing it, you know? And, you know, when I talk about, you know, Paul with the franchising, he has a great relationship with the, those groups and our franchise partners are so important to us. And they're just an amazing group of people. They know what Floyd's is and they carry the flag so strong and, and just what a great group of people. And what I like about them is like, we don't have 30,000 franchise groups right now. We have a handful. We like to keep it small. 
We like to keep the, uh, you know, so we can keep those relationships. I think with our franchise partners, it's just a great relationship. And what I like about them is like, we don't oversaturate markets. Like right now we, you know, basically if you have a city, we're not going to put five people in that city, but that means that, you know, the, the people that do a great job in Orlando and Dallas, they get the opportunity to be Floyd in those cities, right? Like it's not Paul and Rob are Floyd. No one's Floyd. Floyd is, a, is an idea, but they get to be that idea, right? They get to have their relationships with their stylists the same way we get to have the relationship with our people. And so that's, and it's pretty cool, right? Like when you own a Floyd's, there's some cachet that goes with that because like I always say this, it's it's way cooler than I am, right? People, when they meet me, they, they thought they were going to meet someone coming out of GQ, not someone that looks like they just came out of DQ. So it's it's an exciting, you know, for them, they get to be the cool people. And there are some people that are stylish that own Floyd's that look like they would own that brand, but it's just not me. So for the employees that may not know you or your brothers that well, what is one thing that you wish or would like for them to know about the three of you? So the one thing I think that, well, there's several things, but as a group, I really feel like we're, we got a lot of integrity. Like we're really, you know, I can speak from, they can speak from about me, but I know that Bill and Paul, they have great hearts, right? They're just good people. And I think that we are driven to have something that really works. We're not driven by the bottom line. Now we look at the bottom line and because if we don't, then we know when we're in trouble and, and stuff like that. But we put a lot of time and energy and resources back into our business. And we're always the paid last guys, you know, in, in everything. And we just, you know, for, we want people to really, you know, we mean it, like we want our people to be successful. We want them to have a better lives. We want this to be an, a tool for them to do it. You know, whether, you know, it's five years at Floyd's get some jump started into their, to, to the next level, what they could do, or if they're with us for a lot longer than that, or, you know, just hopefully that it's a great place to, to get started to, and stay. I'd like you to know that, you know, we've got your back, you know, we're, we're, we're in it with you. We want you to be successful. We feel like we've developed a, you know, a system that works. And if you trust the system, it, you'll be as successful as everybody else. I, I think, you know, we're always big on, uh, providing great training to help you with your career and to make you be successful in this situation. And the biggest thing, like what you have to understand about what our motto is here is your job is to take care of our clients, to take care, give them great, excellent expert service that you're capable of, to be confident in doing that, to know that you belong, to know you're doing a great job and to know that our, everybody else in this organization, our job is to serve the people that serve the clients. And we take that promise seriously. And, you know, hopefully we're, if we're not pulling up our end of the deal, let us know. It was so inspiring to hear from two of the O'Brien brothers. Love that conversation. We are so excited about where we're going with Floyd's Barbershops right now, and we can't wait to see you in our shop soon. Take care. This episode of The Nation is brought to you by the latest edition of the Floyd's grooming line, Radical. Radical shampoo, conditioner, and stimulate therapy. All three products are infused with CBD. That's right, CBD. CBD is one of the hottest ingredients in the hair industry. Why? It serves so many different purposes. Check this out. Have you got itchy scalp? Do you have dandruff? Do you have psoriasis? Or are you just trying to keep that hair on your head in general? Well, CBD goes in and helps with all that. That's right. It's a great anti-inflammatory. It reduces itching, scaling, any of the issues you have with some of the dryness that you may experience. And it goes in and helps keep that hair on your head. Stimulate Therapy is wonderful in the shower. You're going to get a great sensation. 
Mix that up with a shampoo and conditioner and you've got yourself a regimen that you won't want to miss. Get to your local Floyd's Barbershop today and pick up your Radical products. A Huda Media Production.